God has been moving on my heart for uh, months. And if, if uh, some of the folks that I work with over here and, and Lynn in the back, they'll, they'll tell you that there's been this repeated theme at least for the last six months about David. Learning about David. Learning about who David is with Goliath, who David is with Saul. You see, in life, there's going to be times where you've got to be David like David is with Saul. But there's going to be other times in your life where you're going to have to be David with Goliath and you're going to have to slay the giant. And, and let me tell you, from my background and from my personality, that line is very blurred at times. Very blurred. Because sometimes, Mac, we think there's a giant and it's really not a giant. God's placed them in our life to help us. You know what I mean? But we get it skewed. We, get it, we read it wrong. And God has been working with me and, and, and changing my heart to know what that looks like. Because in all of that, we're going to find out today the reason why David was in both those case, uh, cases, why I believe he's doing the right thing, is because David knew his identity. He knew who he was in God. So today's message is uh, identity. What garments are you putting on? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this word, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God. That's just as much for me than anybody else. Lord, I pray that these words that come out, your word, Lord God, it would not be what Tony thinks and what Tony wants, Lord. It would be what you think and what you want, Lord God. They would be your words and not my words. And Lord, I pray right now that our hearts would be open to what you want to do in us and through us. And Lord, again, may we leave here changed today, knowing that we, we had an encounter with the living God and that our lives would be changed forever. Lord, we give you glory for that. In Jesus' name, open our ears and open our eyes to what you want us to hear and see today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the, the first part of this is we're going to talk about what, where are the garments that God gave you? So let's get into the Word. If you got your Bibles, open it up to uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because there's a lot. I'm going to skim through it and then, and then we'll stop where we need to stop. So, um, so here we have the Israelite army lined up on this side of a valley and, and then the Philistine army lined up on the other side of the, uh, of the valley, Elah Valley. And so what happens is every day, Elijah, this dude comes out and he taunts the Israelites. He taunts the Israelites. And he tells them, just send somebody out to slay me, basically. Well, let's read what he says real quick. Um, let's go to verse... Oh, I know what the problem is. I got to put these on, Ron. There we go. There we go. So it says that in uh, verse 4, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet 
and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg, of ar leg armor, and he carried bron a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was heavy and thick, a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am a Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then I will be your slaves. But if, he, but if I kill them, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Wow. The king was shaken. Aren't you glad today, Elijah, that our king never gets shaken? He never gets scared. Isn't that awesome? And it's that same king, he gives us strength. He gives us peace when we need it. He gives us strength when we need it. He gives us a, a clean mind, a, a guarded mind when we need it, when we ask for it. He gives us knowledge. He gives us wisdom. But here in this story, the king is shaken because this mountain comes out, this giant comes out and says, I'm going to kill you. As you grow in life, kids, and let me tell you something, every day there's a new mountain. Every day. Every day. Isn't that right? Don't you guys think so? Some are bigger than others, right? Some days the mountain is huge, and we go, how are we going to get over that? How are we going to get through that? Some days the mountains aren't so big. Maybe they're just a little hill, and we know we can, but it's still difficult. We're going to face difficulties every day. And in those times, we're going to have to decide who we're going to be. David, in this story, if we go back to the beginning, before this incident, we got to remember that, that, that a servant was sent and anointed David as king. So the one thing I learned about is, is David, I don't think in this particular case, outwardly knew he was the king. But inwardly, God had already put that in his heart. And if you're going to be a king, you've got to act like a king. And kings, uh, let's put it this way. If you're going to be a leader, you've got to act like a leader. Right? If you're going to lead your home, you've got to lead your home. You've got to be the first one to go into that battle. And the battle starts just like this. You'll notice in David's life, every time he, run a, he won a battle, he had prayed. And every time he lost, he hadn't prayed. We could go, I could go on all day about David and these things. But as we read the story a little further, we see that David, we start to see the King David coming out in this story. David asked the soldiers, Okay, so David, uh, let, me, let me just jump ahead here. So what happens is, is that Jesse, oh, this is an important part of the story too. I got to share this. Let me read it. One day, Jesse said to David, take this ba basket 
Take this basket of roasted grain, these ten loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along. And bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army in the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Okay, there's a lot in that little verse there. and You could do a whole sermon, believe it or not, right there in that verse. But here's the gist of it. I believe... Jesse knew what he was doing, right? I believe Jesse knew that there's, he knew, he, he knew that, that, that he was anointed to be king. He knew that he had to have a moment where he knew he was about to be king. Now that's different, that is different, and I'm going to show you in a little bit, that is different than saying to somebody, this is who you are. You see, nobody can tell you who you are, you got to learn who you are. we got to help them know, Gary, who they are. Not tell them who they are. You know what I mean? Sometimes telling them with the right heart, you're, you're helping them. But we got to be careful we don't cross that line. we got to be careful that we don't cross that line and make them somebody that they're not. And in this world, the world is constantly telling us something that we're not. And our kids are getting engulfed in that. The world is telling them they need to be like this and they need to be like that and they need to do this and they need to do that. And we're not taking our sword and standing up. We're not helping them take their sword and helping them stand up. But we need to. We need to get back to the place where we have altar, family altar. We need to get back to the place where we're sitting with them and having a meal with them. We need to get back to the place as a church where we're having fellowship and we're asking people to come and dine with us. We're asking them to come and hang out with us and our eagles are taking them around there. See, the world tells us not to do that. They tell, the world says stuff like this. They're not going to listen to you anyway. You're going to get hurt if you help them. Guess what? That's probably true. But that's not that should not have anything to do with what we're called to do. It shouldn't have anything to do with it. But we let that. We've let that seep in. I, and I'm, listen, I, I'm not trying to get on anybody. This is just, this is my experience. This is what I do. And I got to stop doing it, Jeff. I got to, we got to trust the goodwill in men. If we love our brothers and sisters, we got to trust that God is working in them. And if we lose something in the process, it wasn't ours to lose anyway. It was his. we got to stop living selfishly. David, in this, in, when, he, when he was doing this, he was not living selfishly. It's, it's an awesome story. And so Jesse knew who his son was. He knew that he was anointed as king. And so he gives him an opportunity. He don't tell him, what to do on the spiritual side, he gives them instruction to put him in the right place at the right time, that he's hoping and believing, praying that God is going to reach him. How many times have we, as parents, who's got prodigals out there? Come on. I got a prodigal out there. You know how many times I've prayed, God, help her to be at the right place at the right time. Send a warrior to her to remind her of who she is. In Christ. Remind her 
who her identity is. Put warriors every step that she takes, every corner she turns. Put warriors there. Sometimes that's me for somebody else, right? Sometimes I have to, and, and you get in that place and you don't want to say anything. But David, that, that heart of God rises up in me. That son of God rises up in me. And I say, honey, if it's a girl or whatever, I'll say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And if God gives me a word of knowledge, I, I share that with them. Most of the time it is to remind them that they're a prince or a princess of the king of kings. You know why? Because that's absolutely true. I can't mess it up, Mac. I can't mess it up because it's absolutely true. And we got to remember that. Sometimes we want to we give the, all this stuff right to them. And we want to tell them what God's doing in their life. We have to tell them the truth. And the truth is that every person on this earth is a son or daughter of the living God. And that truth you can always stand on. And you will be, you, you, it will blow your mind what that statement will do. You are a son of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Remember that, I'm praying for you. It changes lives because you're breathing life and you're speaking life into them. And I think that's what Jesse was doing. Jesse was giving him a, a set of instructions, yes, in the physical, but he knew something was happening in the spiritual. So he put him in the right place at the right time. Young people, there are men and women of God around you that are older than you that know the will of God around you. Listen to their instruction. Know what I'm saying? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, the story goes on. And so David's sitting there. And David asks the soldiers standing nearby. This is in verse... <laughs> Still getting used to it. <laughs> David asks the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending the defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? So David asked this question, and I, I struggled with, was he trying to get the reward? I don't think so. Because of the statement when he says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that is allowed to defy the armies of God? He was more concerned, he was more concerned about who that, that guy was defying the armies of the Lord than he was about what he was getting. And we'll learn later on, guess what? Saul lied. Gary, Saul lied. He didn't give him his daughter, at least not the one he was supposed to. Second one he does, but he lied. Guess what? The saws of the world will lie to you. The world will lie to you. They will promise you things that you won't get, nor probably do you want them. And I think David, as the king is coming out of him, he knows that. So when it says this in verse 27, and these men gave David the same reply because he asked again. And then, yes, the reward is killing him, they said. But when it, David's oldest brother, Eliab, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. His brother was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. 
He walked over to the, some of the others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. As David begins to know who he is, the king sends for him. As we know who we are, the king will send for you. He will give you a mission. He will tell you what you need to do. His anointing will pour out of you to do it. The point of that part of the scripture was, what the Lord showed me was, his brother was jealous and upset, but he was also challenging him. And any time you decide who you are in God, you're going to get challenged. You're going to get challenged. I think in this case, David stands his ground because he knows who he is. He doesn't just bow down to his older brother, which was, would have been a normal response in those days. You, that's what you do. You submit to your brother because he's older than you. And I think there's still good, valid truth to that, and we should follow that order. But in this case, David is knowing who he is, and he's so overwhelmed with this passion and angry that this guy is coming out, calling the Israelites out, and his king, and nobody's doing anything about it. So David is building himself up going, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. And we, say, we see in the next verse, in verse, in verse 32, the king calls for him. And so David gets there, and, and the first thing David says, the king doesn't even say, hey, David, what are you doing? He doesn't say anything. David walks in, says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. That's what he says. How awesome is that? He knows what's going on now. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since. What is Saul trying to do? Right. He's trying to tell him who he is. He's trying to tell him who he is. You're just a boy. Don't let anybody, kids, say you're just a kid. You don't know. You can listen to some of that wisdom in there, but you can pray and you can ask God and he will give you answers. Don't let anybody tell you who you are in Christ. Amen? You be who God called you to be. Amen? All right. I tell you guys that all the time, so I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, right? Right? Yeah. So, so here's Saul. He's ridiculing him. He says, you're just a boy. This, this guy's been doing this since his youth. He's been doing this as long as you've been alive and longer. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep, and I love this answer. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. With a club. Yeah, with a club. I couldn't believe it either. I was like, what? And rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David rescued me, or then the Lord rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, and he will rescue me from this Philistine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, David's already building up experience. 
God's put him in positions to build up his confidence. And he knew that God was with him. And every one of those things helped him build up to this thing that he's going to face now, this giant that he's going to face now. Sometimes we carry the wrong baggage. We carry the wrong experiences. And we let them pull us back instead of accelerate us forward. Yesterday at the conference, one of the things Brian Pruitt said, he was our speaker, he said, there is no back on an armor, on a mail of armor, or on a breastplate or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was in those days. Because you were always moving forward. David knew that. He knew that God has his back. He knew that God was with him in all of those things. And so he trusted that. But here's what Saul does now. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor of bronze and a helmet and a coat of mail. And David put it on, strapped, it, strapped his sword over it, and took a step to the sea what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. And David said, I can't go in these. And he protested. Hold on, let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. Is, is Parker here? No? Okay. Um, Charlie's not here. Uh, oh, Charlie, come on up here. Come on up here, Charlie. All right. You want to play some dodgeball? I know you like dodgeball. You want to play some dodgeball? All right, stay, stay right here. You get over there on that side. I'll, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to get the balls, Charlie. We'll just use a couple because it's just me and you playing. All right? Are you ready? You want to play me? You can play me, right? You're not afraid of me, are you? You want to play Dawson and me. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure Dawson doesn't want to play. So it's just going to be me and you. All right? We're just going to use two balls. I'm going to put them in the middle. Stand back here. Let me get this stuff out of your way here. All right, I want you to stand back over there. About the same face. All right, you ready? On your mark, get set. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what, let me, better yet, I want to help you out. I want to protect you a little bit. So why don't you go ahead and put those on and put this on. Here you go. Here you go. Put this on. Put this on, all right? All right? I want you to put this on, and then this is going to protect you, so when I hit you with the ball, it don't hurt so much, okay? Is, it, is that all right? All right, go ahead and put these boots on. Can you take those shoes off? Can you slip your feet in there, though? You sure? All right. Well, just let me put these out of the way. Maybe we can just do it with that, okay? Are you ready now? I don't want you to get hurt. That's why I put that on you. Are you ready? Set. Go. <laughs> I'm not going to hit you. I love you. Come here. That was good. Thank you for helping me. All right? God bless. All right. So it didn't quite go the way I wanted it to, but it, it worked out. So the, the, the point is, is that Saul was trying to protect him, I think, because he didn't think he could do it, first of all. But by trying to protect him, he really enabled him. He, couldn't, he wasn't helping him. You know what I mean? So we, we, we have a tendency to do that. We want to tell people, we want to tell people who they are. And how to do it. 
And then we want to help them and give them stuff that they don't know how to use. Now, with that being said, listen, I think the heart is, is right. You know, I don't know in this particular case, I'm kind of doubting with Saul because of who Saul was. But the heart is right for us to help people, Mary. We want to equip them. We've got to be wise enough to know who we are in God to equip them with the right tools, Clarence. Right? This, this whole message is not just for each of us. It is for our church. You see, before we can help our church know who they are in Christ as a body, we need to know who we are in Christ. Because each body is made up of a different part, and we have to know our part. We know the things that we're supposed to do, right, together. We're, spo we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. We know all that. We, know we're, we should know the Bible. We should learn. We should all be learners, right? We should all know that. But if we don't know who we are in Christ, who he's called us to be and what he's called us to, we're enabling our body to be who they are in Christ. What is the mission for the hope? We, we begin, if we're holding pastor's arms up and we don't know who we are, they start to come down. We have to know who we are in Christ. And that's going to take some time and prayer. And it's going to take some, some uh, oomph, if you will. It's going to take some passion that has to build up in you. So this is what David said, and we're almost done. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I am not used to them. Don't put on somebody else's garments. Put on the garments that God gave you. Know who you are and do what you're called to do. So David took them off again, and he picked up five smooth stones and, a, and went to, from the stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then he, armed only with his shepherd's staff in his sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with the shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. And David replied to this Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of our Lord of the heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then I will give their dead bodies of give you give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Listen, David didn't okay, so Goliath yelled at David and said, I will give your body. David said, No, you won't. And not only that, I will give all of your bodies. I will give he didn't say Goliath's bodies. Did you catch that? It says, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men 
to the birds and the wild animals. He was already to the next step. See, David wasn't expecting the battle to be over because he knew he, he wasn't God. The battle is never over. David was already looking. This blew my mind when God showed me this, Troy. We're always fixed on that mountain, not realizing there's another mountain on the other side. So we focus, and we need to. Don't, don't get me wrong. Just know that if the Bible tells us there's going to be trials and tribulations, Mike, that is plural. There's going to be more than one trial. There's going to be more than one tribulation. There's going to be more than one mountain. There's going to be more than one battle. We have to be prepared by knowing who we are in God. There's more than one victory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so David, he, he goes at this Philistine. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to what he's saying. He comes back at him. And I love this. Is, this is where it gets really good. This is where it really gets good. The enemy is taunting him. Know that the enemy is going to taunt you. He's going to taunt you. He is going to tell you things. He is going to tempt you with things. You got to stay the course. You got to know who you are in God. You got to know your identity. And so the next thing that happens is that he, he's yelling back at him, I'll cut off your head and, you're, and, and the, body, the dead bodies of your men and to the birds and to the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Not that David won, but that there's a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Now David becomes the king that he is because it's not about David. It's about God, and it's about the people. He says, I'm not doing this for David. I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this because God is greater. Amen. So he starts, and he, he's, he's, he tells that God is going to deliver his people. As Goliath moved closer, this is verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. David did not run from the battle. He ran to the battle. He didn't run from the battle. He ran to the battle because he knew who he was in Christ. He knew his identity. He knew the victory was already there. And he was armed and he was ready to go with the weapons he knew and God anointed him to use them, and he knew already what the outcome was going to be, so he knew the victory was his. How many times have we gone into battle and not know that? Right? And then sometimes we go into there. We, I, I've had this happen, where I go into battle like that, thinking we're going to win this, and, it's going to be, and it doesn't come out quite like I thought it was. You know what I'm saying, Mac? But does that make whatever God did any less powerful? No. And I've had to learn that it is by God's hand, God's will, that things get done. And we got to remember that. We got to accept the victory that He gives us. We got to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And the only way we can do that is by knowing who we are in Christ. And we see that throughout the whole story of David. Hallelujah. And so He runs to this battle, and we know the story. He slings that stone, and it brings the giant down, and He 
cuts off his head. And I got to this part, and I know, I know that, that to think of that is a gory sight. But there's a symbolism in that. When you kill a snake, you've got to cut the head off. When you kill sin, you've got to cut the head off. See, with the head on, it's still growing. The roots are still going down. You can't get to the roots until you cut the top of the tree off. You can, but it's not the right way to do it, Clarence. Because usually they're not dead. You've got to cut the head off. And, and I think the symbolization of that is that when he did that, what happened? They all fled. Because they couldn't believe that this little boy, they knew, they had to know, right? David told them, but they didn't get it. So God said, well, we'll, we'll, then we'll show him. We'll show them. And he uses David and he shows him. And then there's this little boy holding up this head. If you picture it in your mind, Mac, how powerful it is. Yes, it's a little little different, but but it's powerful in the sense that that what that picture did for those for the enemy was say, our God is not, this is it. That's the line. That's it. You're not going no further. Right? That's what we need to do. We need to stand up. We need to cut the enemy off the head. Or cut the head off the enemy. I want to share a couple more things and then I'm going to close up and I'll have Rachel come. But I I, I really want us to understand that knowing our identity is not just for it's not just for us it's not just for myself it's for the body it's for the people so i, I need a few volunteers i need uh if uh uh steve will you come steve ralston tori will you come up here and jake i know you don't like it but i, I really need your help today can you come up because it's a good it's a good it's a good thing to do come on up here all right thank you guys so I've seen this this weekend at men's retreat, so some of it will be a repeat to you guys. But, but can you stay? Can you, uh, can you be right there? And then, you know, you're in the back. And then, Tori, can you be right here, Tori? And uh, then, Jake, you're up front here. All right? So we learned this weekend that we're a door. The Hebrew word uh, for generations is door. If, if Steve... If this door, if this generation don't know who they are, here you go, they can't, they can't pass that to the next door because they don't know who they are. So what often happens is they just keep running. He has to know who he is because our Christian walk is a legacy that we pass on from generation to generation. Now, he's not going to tell Tori who he is through his example, he's going to show him who he is. Because he's not showing, when he's doing the right things, Steve is not showing who Steve is. He's showing him who his identity in Christ is, which makes him who he is. Right? So then he can run. And he goes through all these battles. And he gets there and he gets to the next door and he hands it to, to Tori. And Tori can take it. And then Tori, he's battling in his life. But he can reflect on the generation before him, 
on the person before him that was the example of Christ that said this is what a man of God looks like. This is what a Christian looks like. And even if Tory's in the midst of chaos, once Tory remembers his identity in Christ, then he can start running his race. And he's going to be the man of God that shows Jake. Go ahead and hand that to Jake. And because Jake has seen from generation to generation what a man of God looks like, Jake can find his identity because he has something to go back on. He's seen God in his dad. He's seen God in his grandfather. And then Jake can take off running, and you can go sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, here's the thing. And I'm not going to do it because of time, but here's the thing. It's not just... I brought them up because there's three generations there. But I could have done that with Mac, Mike Gill, and one of our teenagers, Michael, little Michael. I could have done that with, I could have done that with Mary. I could have done that with Emily and uh, somebody in between you, your daughter, your Beth, yeah. Or I could have done it with any one of us that are over a certain age, anyone younger than that, and then our teenagers or our kids. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be your physical line. Sorry, I know I'm going past my line. It doesn't have to be your physical line. We are in the line of Jesus. If we're doing, if we know who we are in our identity and we're doing what God called us within this body and there's somebody coming behind us, they can go, wow, that's what a woman of God looks like. I want to be like that then they can come alongside of you. You can run with them, and then eventually you can hand the baton to them, and they can run forward to the next generation. You're not just finding out who you are for you. You're finding out who you are for the body of Christ, and we need it. Hallelujah. And I need it. I need to find out who I am in Christ. I've got them following me. I've got to find out who I am in Christ. And I am. I'm doing it. God is showing me day in, day in and day out, Pastor Roger, who Christ is in me. Rachel, will you come, please? I want to remember, I want you guys to remember these three things as we get ready to leave. One, wear the garments that God gave you I, I told the kids, don't let anybody tell you who you are in Christ. I'd like to tell every one of you that. Don't let anybody else tell you. Let them encourage who you are in Christ. There are going to be people in your lives, I don't care if you're 70, 80, 100, or if you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 20 or 30, there's going to be people in your life, men and women, both of God and of the world, they're going to try to tell you who you are and they're going to try to put garments on you. And it's not that they mean ill will to you. I hope. I can't say that that's completely true. But only you can put on the garment. Put on the garments that God gave you. Know who you are in Christ. I have a friend that says, don't pull me into your junk. That's it's, it's an awesome thing. Because, you know, as people, we get to saying stuff or doing stuff or complaining about stuff and we want to pull people in. We want to pull them out of their garment and we want to put them in our garments. We can't do that. 
Don't pull people in any junk. Wear your garment. Wear the garment that God gave you. Know that the enemy will taunt you. The enemy will taunt you. He will taunt you. He will tempt you. He will tell you who you are, who you are not going to be, who you should be, who you shouldn't be. Don't let the enemy use you to do that. And don't let the enemy do that to you, tell you who you're going to be. And the thing, the, the final thing is, and this is the hardest one probably for most all of us, is you, we can't run from the battles. We've got to run toward them, armed and ready, knowing who we are because we've got the right garments on. And we know that sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. We listen too much to what people have told us who we're going to be and not grab onto who we are in Christ. Today, before we go, I want to pray with you. I want God to show you who he is in you. And I want him to help you to find your identity in him. Because he's everything. And without him, we're nothing. And if we keep running that race with the wrong garments, and we keep going into these battles with the wrong weapons, we're going to lose. And we're going to take people with us. People that are following you, that are behind you. Well, Pastor Tony, nobody's following me. You're wrong. You're wrong. Somebody in your family is following you, whether you believe that or not. They're looking at you. It may be a, it may be a son or a daughter. It may be a cousin. It may be a grandma. It may be a, a grandpa. I know it's funny that we don't think that older people can follow us, but they do because they see something in us. It could be a grandson or a granddaughter. It could be the kid down the street. It could be the woman, the clerk at the store, Pastor Roger. It could be the waitress that you see every Friday night or Saturday. There's somebody following you. And if you find out who you are in Christ, it will help them find out who they are. Amen? Run toward the battle, not from it. If you have the right stuff, you can run to it and take the enemy. Take your land back if you're in that position. I don't know who that's for, but I felt like that was from the Lord, that somebody's in a place right now that they need to take their land back. And I don't know exactly if that's physical land or what's been done to you, but go. Run towards the battle. Take the weapons that you need. Go get your land back. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're showing me who I am in you, my identity. Lord God, I pray that everyone here today, Lord God, that they know who they are in you, who you have called them to be. Lord God, I come against the lies of the enemy. Lord, I come against the hurts of the past. Lord, I come against doubt and unbelief. Lord God, I come against pride. I come against religion, Lord God, the spirit of religion in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that all these be broken right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, that each one of us find out who we are in you. We find out our identity in Christ. And Lord, this body will become strengthened for the journey that's ahead of us. And Lord, we know that you have great things for the hope. And we want to be ready. Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every family represented here, Lord God, that, we take, that we're taking back our land right now that we're taking back what, what you have called us to, Lord God, that our identity is seated in you. So, Lord God, I pray even long after we leave here today, the eyes are open and ears are open to who you are, to what you want to do in us and through us, that we find our identity in you. 
And Lord God, I pray for the prodigals. Lord, I pray every corner, every corner that they turn, every window that they walk by and see their reflection, Lord, they see you behind them. They see you in front of them. They see you behind them. They see you in them. Lord God, I pray that you mount up warriors in their path, people of men of God like us that will say, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Lord God, I pray that these prodigals will come to their senses in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that we'll do what you've called us to do, that we won't wear other people's garments or the garments that they try to put on us, that we'll wear the garment that you've given us at the right time and the right place. Lord, I pray that we will know when the enemy is taunting us and tempting us, and Lord, we'll have clear vision. And Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the tools to run towards the battle and not away from it. And Lord God, we give you the victory right now. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing before we go as I pray. If there's anybody here that don't know who they are in Christ, and when I say that, I mean they don't know Christ. You've never let God into your heart. You've never asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and to show you who he is. Would you slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Because today, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, hallelujah. Anybody else? Normally we bow our heads and we, we ask. But the Lord God says, you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. I don't believe, I believe that God is pulling at somebody's heart and this could be the, the start of the rest of your life in him. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. How about that? All right, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this young lady. I just gave her heart to you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that she'll know that she is the princess of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that, Lord, you have come into her heart, that you're taking over her life. And, Lord, that you're showing her this beautiful girl, who she is in you. And Lord, that you're going to do many and mighty and great things in her and through her. Lord, thank you today for coming into our heart. Thank you, Lord God, for receiving your daughter. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, I pray for that young man that didn't raise his hand. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you keep moving and you keep showing. And I come against that spirit of doubt in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I pray that every corner he turns, Lord God, you'll be right there with him. You'll show him who you are. Seeing is believing. Lord God, I pray that you show him. And I pray right now, young man, that you'll know every time he shows you who you are in him and that he is there, that you know that he's there and that you won't be able to deny it. And when that time comes, call me. I'll pray with you. In Jesus' name, Lord, have your way. And we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, today, today we have prepared a meal. Uh, uh, it is by donation. Um, there is food over there, enough for anybody. If you don't have a donation, it is okay. We, we do this every fifth Sunday. Uh, the donation goes to Send Kids to Camp, a place where 
God touches their lives and helps them find out who they are in Christ. So uh, it's over in our, in our kids' church room, which is through the great room, through the coat closet, and it'll be right on the other side. Uh, come and eat with us. Come and dine with us. And uh, we give you glory. I'd probably better pray for the food because we're Pentecostal and we do that. And I know this. There's probably coffee for sure because you can't go anywhere if you're Pentecostal and not have coffee. Right? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the food that's been prepared. Bless Chelsea and the crew. Lord God, all the helpers, all the team members, Lord God, we give you glory for you reaching your kids the way you do through that ministry. And Lord, bless this time that we have together. Bless the food to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.